Hello, everyone. Hi there. My name is Jeff. Hi. And I spell it with a G, which is weird. Yeah. So if that helps you remember my name, there you go. Jeff with a G. Um, I just want to add my voice onto the pile of voices that have said, welcome. We are really, really glad you're here. Welcome to CCF. Super excited. Um, and I also, like Kelly, I get to be one of the staff who the CCF student leaders have invited to be one of your pastors um, of CCF. And uh, we're going to transition now into some time spent reading the Word, the Bible, God's scriptures to us. And uh, so before we do that, I would love for us to pray. And I would love for one of you to pray. I'm going to pick up my man, Jake Russell. I saw him in the middle. Jacob, would you stand and pray for our transition into the time within the Word? Thanks, Jake. Real loud so we can hear, my man. This is Jake. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jake. Sound team, just tell me where to maneuver wherever you want the sound to be. So if I'm good, then I'll just stay. All right, I'll stick around. Um, yeah, so my name is Jeff, and I am so excited to see you here. I wish, I so wish that I could take every one of you out for coffee to get to know you better. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear any questions you have about CCF or about my life, whatever. I would love that. The only problem is, if I went out for coffee with every single one of you, I would probably die. <laughs> Caffeine overdose. But, what a way to go. <laughs> Died from a caffeine rush while meeting and praying with college students. That would be great on my tombstone. Ah, uh, yes. Nice, dark beginning to the year with CCF. <laughs> but I would. I really would. I would like to know each one of you. I actually would. Because I think you matter. And I don't care what your sort of religious, spiritual background is. I, I, we are so committed to you. And Jesus cares way more than we do about who you are and what your story is. He is right now, tonight, getting your attention. And I hope that, that everything that we do together tonight and even the rest of the school year helps him do that. Okay? So, uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. We, we really love swapping stories with each other in this community, getting to know each other, sharing life. It's kind of what we do. And uh, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, this is my wife. We'll be, yeah, looking all fancy. We've been married for a decade now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We celebrated 10 years this, this summer, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and she would love to have coffee with all of you too. And she would probably survive it. She spent her adult life building up an immunity to caffeine, and so she'd probably survive the, she'd probably be fine. Uh, we, the two of us, are also raising three kids, uh, crazy kids together. This is them. That's Owen. He's in second grade. He's too cool for school. That's Jack. He's in kindergarten. He will fight you. And that's Maya. She's, a, she's in preschool. She's a three-year-old, and she's nuts. 
she is so much fun. So you'll, you'll see them around at different CCF things, and they'll, they'll like, I don't know what they'll do. They'll be in a mood, and you'll just have to experience it. They'll be super friendly, or they'll be like sullen, like, hi there, and they just, or they'll jump in your arms and want to climb onto your head. They're, they're great people. <laughs> so that's us and uh, my little family and uh, myself and the rest of our staff team. We are blessed to be at your service. We are at your service. In fact, if the senior staff could all just stand. If you're on senior staff with CCF, stand up and everybody look around. These are the people. If you have any questions about anything in CCF, this is us. We would love to say hi, meet you, hear your stories. You can tell us your, about your life, and we'll tell you about ours, and, and that would be great. So we love you. You guys can have a seat. We love you lots. Whether you're new or not, we love you. You know that. Um, and the reason we love you, the reason we love university students, is because we think college is such a cool time of life. We're still here. There is so much happening in what makes you, you, in these next two to five years in school. We think college is so cool. Think of it this way. You are becoming the person you're going to be for the rest of your life in college. Isn't that wild? Seriously, when you graduate, and you will graduate, it happens, you will be such a changed person from who you were when you got here. I wonder what you hope it will be like in college. What are some things you're expecting or anticipating about your college experience? Especially if you're new. Especially if you just transferred into Western or you're a freshman coming for the first time. What are you imagining it'll be like? I remember wondering those things before I got to Western. Um, my freshman year. I remember wondering, what's my roommate going to be like? Right? Everybody's kind of hoping that they'll meet like their lifelong best friend in college that first year, and it might happen. For some of you, it has. That's actually your story. But it also might not. <laughs> your first roommate can be, I don't know, a little, little tricky sometimes, right? It's hard to know what to expect. Other expectations this year are a little bit political, aren't they? Some of you have just become of age to vote for the first time in your life. And if ever there has been an election season where I did not know what to expect, <laughs> it's this one. <laughs> Holy moly, who knows what to expect in November? How about right now? I wonder what you expect will happen this weekend. Your first weekend full weekend, depending on what time you moved in last weekend, in college. For many of you, this is your first weekend away from home. How are you going to spend your time? You've got decisions to make about what you're going to do tonight, even, after CCF, right? And again, there is a lot of life that happens this first Friday night after classes. Lots of us in CCF are going to be having a good time. So if you want to hang with us, you'll love it. <laughs> However, on the other hand, there's a lot of not life things that happen this first Friday night. Sometimes people get hurt. Sometimes people drink too much, lose control. Try something at a party for the, fir for the first time from a guy you don't know. College is where you get to decide. 
So what are you going to do? What do you expect from this first weekend? Or how about spiritually? What do you expect to get out of college spiritually? What are you hoping college does for your spiritual life? For many of you, you're a Christian like I was coming to Western. You grew up with it. You spent your childhood in church. I'm sure some of you come from a really solid Christian background. For some of you from that background, that means that you came to college looking to be serious about your faith, right? You followed Jesus to this school. You've been looking for Jesus' people on campus, and you want to follow him with all your guts from day one in college. And not just because you grew up with it, but because you want to make that choice for yourself. I know lots of stories like that in this community. Others of you from a Christian background aren't sure what to expect. Yes, you grew up with it, and you know what your mom and dad think, but what do you think about following Jesus? You're on your own now. You're out of the house. What are you going to do? That's where I was at when I came to Western. I got to college as a Christian kid, but it did not take long for me to realize that I'm not really sure what I think about this. There's some really smart and really nice people that I'm meeting who do not buy into this Jesus thing. What do I do with that? I didn't expect college to put my childhood faith through a cultural blender. And I didn't know what to do with the worldview smoothie that was coming out. I didn't expect that. And others of you, religion and spirituality, that kind of stuff, that's just not a part of your story. It's not a part of your background. And you're here just checking Jesus out. And let me tell you, I am glad. Way to go. I wouldn't want you taking someone else's word for it on this Jesus stuff. Check it out for yourself. Explore these worldviews. Examine Jesus and see what you make of his claims. I say, good work. Well done. How about our interns? I bet I know what our interns are expecting. For those of you who are new with us, there's a, there's a postgraduate internship that we offer that we hope you'll all pray about, right? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the interns are hoping God will tell them what he wants them to do on this earth with their future. Yes, interns? In fact, interns, if you could stand real quick too. If, yeah, yeah. Good. Good, good. Stay up, stay up, don't sit. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't, don't, don't. Stay up on your feet. Yeah, uh-huh. Good. You already know what I'm saying. That's good. If you have any questions about our internship program that you can do after you graduate, these are the people to talk to. You can ask them what they think. Okay? Now you can sit down. Thanks, you guys. And for a lot of us, most of the rest of us probably, we've been around CCF for a while. We're excited to be back, seeing old friends. It's like a reunion, post-summer reunion, getting reconnected with our people. Right? I wonder what you expect from this year. Some of you have, have been core facilitators for several years. Others of you have been in a couple cores. Might feel like you kind of know what to expect, right? You've been around. There might, that might be especially true for our senior staff. I know, we don't usually talk directly to ourselves in these kind of settings, do we? But as I was praying, senior staff, I really think Jesus wants us 
to think about this too. What do we expect from Jesus this year? We spend most of our time making sure that these students that we care about are following hard after Jesus, right? But what do we expect, senior staff? What do we anticipate Jesus will do this year in our lives as well as in the lives of these excellent students and interns? For all of us, for every one of us in this room, what are we hoping for? What are we looking for? What are we expecting? That's what we're going to talk about for these first few weeks of the school year. What are we expecting? And might Jesus just prove to be more unexpected than we thought? We're going to talk about some scripture tonight. um, About some young uh, religious guys who grew up in the Jewish faith who had expectations about Jesus. They thought they knew what to expect. Let's read it. Uh, It comes from Mark's account of the good news about Jesus, his gospel. uh, And it's in chapter 4, starting in verse 35. And let me just sort of set the the stage for what we're about to read, okay? Right before this, what we're going to read, Jesus has has just spent the entire day sitting in in a boat floating just offshore, teaching people on the shore. The crowds got so massive, they got closer and closer and closer. He was starting to step into the water. So he said, hey, bring a boat, bring a boat. They, they put him in the boat, he goes out a little ways, and he can still preach to people without getting, getting too overcrowded and pushed into the water. And people can hear him really well, too. You know how water travels, I mean, a sound travels over the water? That's why it works, like an Ancient of Days amplifier. Pretty cool. Now, he's acting just like a Jewish religious teacher called a rabbi when he does this, when he does these sort of teaching, sermon-y kind of things. But the stuff he's saying is unique. Now, you guys are going to have to go read it for yourselves to see what, makes you, what, what's, what strikes you as unique about it. But people describe his teaching like it's something they've never heard before. And they've heard a lot of rabbis. Most rabbis that they listened to talked about the Bible like they were learning from it too. But Jesus talks about the Bible like he's the one who came up with it. He seems to feel pretty comfortable that he can tell people what it really means. His teaching is, is, is like that. And some people love it. And other people think he's going way too far and is completely inappropriate. Okay? So they understand him as a rabbi, but a pretty radical rabbi. And he's been teaching them like this all day when we pick up this story. So let's read it. Starting in verse 35, it says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But... Soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Now, let's talk about this boat. Here's a picture of a a replica in Tiberias, Israel, of what a Galilean fishing boat would have looked like. But so we can have a sense of the dimensions, I need some some audience participation. So I did some measurements, and and a Galilean fishing boat is about as wide, a a a little longer, as from the, the, this speaker to this speaker, and it's about as wide as the front of the chairs to the stage. So, there were 13 people in this boat, Jesus and his 12 people. I need 13 volunteers to come down and stand in our boat. We're going to go like this. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I already got you. Twelve, thirteen. Yeah, come on down. So, go ahead and get cozy. You're on a boat. We're in the water. You don't want to get wet. 
You don't have to give each other massages. I don't know where that <laughs> happened. All right, yeah, grab the oars. Some of you, yeah, just chill. You don't have to, like, not in motion. Just stand here. So this is kind of what the boat would have been like, all right? These are, like, the dimensions, okay? Imagine you're there. Now, this is Jesus' first core of 12 guys. Do we do the math right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Hey, all right, that's fine. You can all stay in the boat. But it's a little crowded, isn't it? It's a little cozy out on this, out on this lake. Now, usually when these boats were out in, in, in sort of in business, there were usually, if you read the other stories, when Jesus' disciples are actually using these boats to fish, there's only a couple of them in there. It's like two at most three. And so this would have been a crowded, cozy fishing boat, okay? And onto this crammed little boat comes a sudden storm. And this storm is serious. Yeah, that's good. You're being serious. Now, several of these fishermen, several of the people on this boat, they do this for a living. Yeah, right. No, that's not. Okay, for, I want you guys all to like start jumping up and down. Go, jump. This is what it would have been like. All right? All right, you can stop jumping now. A couple of the people in this boat are fishermen. They've been doing this for a living. So they know what this is all about. They've been in this kind of storm before. But even if you never fished a day in your life, you know the golden rule of any boating escapade. The boat stays on top of the water. And not vice versa. This is a problem. Our text says the high waves were breaking into the boat and it was filling with water. Which means that this boat is sinking. And they are getting lower and lower in the lake. Now, these guys are freaked out. Look freaked out. Y'all are freaked out. Now, here's, here's the deal. They know these storms. They have probably had people either near-death experiences themselves or have had friends or family die in storms like these. They are not overreacting when they freak out, okay? In fact, the word that Jesus uses to describe this storm is fierce. And the, word, the Greek word, this is going to be fun to say, you can all say it together. The Greek word is megale. Go ahead, yeah, yeah, megale. It's a megale storm. It's a mega storm. Remember that, because that word shows up again later. Megale. Okay? Let's keep reading. You guys are doing great. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? So let's do that. Who's going to lay down? I brought a cushion. Who could lay? Somebody lay down. Lay down, Jerry. You're in the back. Lay down. Make yourself cozy. You're not outside the boat. Get in the boat, dude. Sleep in the boat. Scoot up so he can sleep. There we go. There we go. Now, there's even less room in this boat, and it's rocking and rolling and going crazy. Now, this verse has always confused me. Anybody who's confused as soon as you read it? How is Jesus still sleeping through this death scene? His friends are freaking out around him. It's a storm, so there's thunder, lightning, water splashing in. And isn't it true that in the movies, even when somebody is passed out, you splash water on their face, and they wake up. This is not working for Jesus. I don't know what, I don't know, you know, it's one of the great mysteries of the scriptures. We don't know why he's still sleeping. (laughs) Tired from preaching all day, I guess. I don't know. Still, I'm with the disciples on this one. Hello, don't you care? Rabbi, you're going to drown. Good work. (laughs) Sound just like that. (laughs) But he's snoring away in the bottom of the boat. Okay, we've got the scene. Thanks, you guys. You can have a seat. And ladies, that's good. (laughs) 
My wife made me promise the pillow would come back. I said, I guarantee nothing. Thanks, you guys. Okay, so we have the scene. Yes? Let's keep reading. When Jesus woke up, which again, how long did that take, by the way? We're not told. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. He speaks to the wind and the waves and they do as they're told. This is not several hours later. This is not after the storm had passed. No, this is a call and response. I say, hey, you say, ho. Jesus says, hey, wind says, okay, shh, done. (laughs) This is an immediate response. The wind stopped and there was a great calm. Or another translation says, the sea became like glass. I love that. In fact, in Greek, that word appears again. Megale. It's a megale calm. This is a serious calm, a mega calm. The mega storm just got mega calm. (laughs) Verse 40. Then Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? In other words, don't you understand who I am? At this point, I have a picture in my head again of our boat. Jesus is on one side, standing, and all 12 are crammed into the other side with their eyes bugging out, looking at Jesus. Because Mark writes in verse 41, the disciples were absolutely terrified. And guess what? There's our word again. Mark says they were mega, mega lay terrified. Mark's doing something on purpose here. This mega storm gets mega calmed, and the disciples are mega afraid. (laughs) Who is this man? They ask each other. They answer Jesus' question. Jesus says, don't you understand who I am? They say, no. Even the wind and the waves obey him. They're more spooked of Jesus than they were of dying in a windstorm on the lake. Now, why is that? Why were they so freaked out about Jesus? These are good Jewish boys. Every one of them was raised reading the Psalms, reading the Jewish origin story in the book of Genesis. They know the songs of Israel, like Psalm 65, which says, You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God, our Savior. You are the hope of everyone on earth. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves. Or Psalm 89. O Lord God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans. You subdue their storm-tossed waves. I mean, okay, anybody can boss the wind and the waves around. My three-year-old Maya yells at the rain when it's getting her wet. (laughs) So anybody can tell the weather to be quiet. But who's the weather actually listened to? 
Water, wind, and storm are chaos, chaotic. These Jewish boys know how their world came to be. They know that in the beginning the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the deep water. That's storm language. And into that darkness and chaos comes God's word of order, control, guidance, and creativity. That's where the world came from. So since when do the wind and the waves obey a Jewish rabbi? Who is standing in our boat? That's why they're terrified. They don't fully understand yet, but Jesus just changed the game. Something is starting to shift in their understanding of who this man from Nazareth really is. They expected a Jewish rabbi in their boat. Now they're wondering if they've got God. What a story. I wonder what you expect if Jesus shows up in your boat this quarter. And when he does, because if you invite him to, he will, what are you going to do? I think a lot of us don't actually expect Jesus to be in our boat. Even if we're Christians. Sometimes the way we live looks like we think that God is far away or that he doesn't, isn't really relevant to my day-to-day. I act like this sometimes. I forget that Jesus is right up in my business. But my kids remind me, this of, all the, remind me of this all the time. Um, just the other day, Owen said, Daddy, my tummy hurts. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Do you want to come sit with me? Do you want to get you some water? Do you want some Tylenol? Do you need a blanket? He said, uh, no. Can you just pray for me? I was like, oh, yeah, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can pray for you. If I believe that God is present and interactive with the world and is making all things new, why wouldn't that be my first response? Now, there's nothing wrong with all the other stuff I offered. That's good, too. But maybe I don't always expect God to be that close, to be so attentive. But the God of this story climbs into stormy boats with people like you and me. This is the good news about Jesus. The entire Bible is the story of the God who enters our chaos to calm it, to right it, to heal it, to renew it. He doesn't live in some faraway galaxy. He's right here. He wants to be around you, no matter what's going on around your life. You ever feel like he's far away? You ever feel like when your life gets particularly stormy that God's not actually there? Or if he is there, that maybe he's asleep in your boat? That maybe he doesn't actually care if you live or die? or suffer, or struggle. This story says God is right up in your business. And even if Jesus is asleep when things get hairy in this particular story, it's because he's not worried. Don't you know who's in your boat?
What storm in your life do you need Jesus to stand up and speak peace to? To say, be still. And do you expect him to do that? Maybe your family life kind of blew up right before you got to college. That's a storm you're dealing with. Maybe your financial aid got jacked up and you're not sure how you're going to pay for the rest of school this year. That's a storm. This story tells me that there is a God who is powerful enough to handle your life, to fix your storms, to change them, and to change you. And let's be honest, some of the storms we face are kind of of our own making, right? There's a lot of things that can happen outside of our control. But there's also a lot of storms that I've just made by my choices, that were in my control to make. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we've probably all made our own storms at times. Whether it was something cruel that you said to someone, or a choice you made that hurt somebody else, or a bad relationship you're in. Any of you in those storms tonight, storms of your own making? This story says that if you will let Jesus captain your boat, you're going to be in good shape. We kind of suck at running our own lives. Let's just let him do it. Will you let Jesus clean up the messes that we can make and show us how to live so we don't make them anymore? Let him be in charge of your life. It'll work out better than you expected. And if you grew up in the faith, like I did, and you want to decide to follow Jesus seriously in college, he wants to show you himself to be fiercer, stronger, and more up in your boat business than you have experienced him so far. He has more for you. He has growth for you, challenge, adventure, and power that he wants to show you. He wants to show up in your boat. And if you're not a Christian, and you're just checking Jesus out, I invite you to look for yourself. This is our source text. This is the Bible. Some people haven't seen them before. I've met students who've never seen the Bible before. So this is. It's not like Huckleberry Finn or something. Everything we believe about Jesus is in here. So you can look for yourself to see what you think about the stuff that we have found to be true. And he welcomes your questions. And so do we. You can look for yourself and see if he surprises you. See if he's as unexpected. And for those of us who have been around CCF for a little while, this is great news for us. Maybe we might have gotten a little used to Jesus. Friday night, core life, personal discipleship. Maybe he's feeling a little routine, maybe a little repetitive after several years. Jesus wants to show up in your boat too. You are not called to be in CCF on autopilot. Let Jesus push you even further out of your bubble, and you might just get your boat rocked like those original disciples. 
Worship team, you can come on up. That would be great. We at CCF, we are a community of people who are trying to be in the boat with Jesus. And he has more to show us. More ways he wants to show up in our lives, whether we feel stormy or calm tonight. He asks each one of us, do you realize who I am? He was definitely more than I expected him to be my freshman year at Western. He was certainly more than those first core guys in that first boat expected him to be. 